You're listening to the Stormcast, the official podcast of the Omaha Storm Chasers, proud AAA affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. High fly ball driven deep to left field. It is long gone. Outside corner, ring him up, called strike three. Here's your host, the voice of the Storm Chasers, Nick Batters. Everyone get on your feet, stir up the storm, we're family. Welcome into episode 76 of the Stormcast, the official podcast of the Omaha Storm Chasers, presented by the Sarpy County Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, the voice of the Storm Chasers, Nick Batters. Today, I'm joined by our social media manager, Nina Sabatka. Nina, good to catch up with you again. Good seeing you, Nick. So, big news today, the Storm Chasers coaching staff was just announced by the Kansas City Royals. This is kind of the part of the offseason where it feels like now we're really barreling towards opening day. This is this is the second half of the offseason, really. Yeah, I think like from today, there's like 65 days until opening day, which is insane. That's crazy. Wow. And I think the big news with this, Mike Churchley's returning. It's his 16th season as the manager of the Storm Chasers. When we found that out in the office, it was, it was just nothing but smiles and excitement. Happy that Jersh is back. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to love Jersh. I mean, he's been super easy to work with from like our side of things and just super happy to see him back here in Omaha. So I'm going to run through what the Storm Chasers coaching staff looks like for this upcoming season. And then Nina, you and I can kind of introduce fans a little bit, go more in-depth. Returning faces, uh, the core of last year's staff, is back, supplemented by some new folks as well. So Mike Jersley is back for his 16th season as the Omaha manager. Dane Johnson is back his fourth year as the Storm Chaser pitching coach. Bajan Rademacher returns his second season as Omaha's hitting coach. And then David Novarita, who former guest on the Stormcast, one of my favorite guests of last year. Uh, he was last year's bench coach. This year, he's the assistant hitting coach. Joining them, assistant pitching coach Dave Lundquist, which is a really fascinating name that, that we'll get into in a little bit. There's the assistant coach, Trip Keister, his first year. Longtime manager in the Nationals organization. He'll be the assistant coach. He'll probably coach first base and, and work with the defense a lot. And then the support staff. James Stone is back his sixth year as the athletic trainer. Has an assistant this year, Danny Acola. He's been the athletic trainer in AA Northwest Arkansas the past couple of years. The strength and conditioning coach, C.J. Mickelson, he's been the strength coach in NWA the last three years. And Mike Brown is back as the clubhouse manager uh, and a couple of player development trainees as well. Jeremy Owens was here last year. And then Drew Epperson, he's been in both high A and AA with the Royals as a PD trainee the last couple of years. And he'll be up in AAA this year. So it's a big staff. Uh, the, the clubhouse will be packed. Uh, but like I said, it's a good mix of familiar faces and, and some new faces as well, both to the organization and to Omaha too. Yeah, and I think it's a good age gap too, because we have like the young guys like Dave, and then you have Jersh, who's been around so long. So I think it's a good mix of guys of like has crazy experience and some f- like fresh guys still getting into the game of baseball. Almost maybe a little more experience this year. No, you're right, Bajan and Dave are just getting into coaching. And then the two new coaches on the staff, who again we'll talk about in a little bit, Dave Lundquist and Trip Keister, they've been doing this a long time, so I'm excited to see how this staff comes together, how they all work together. It just it seems like a really good mesh of experience that we'll have at Warner Park this season. So let's start off talking about Storm Chasers manager Mike Jershley. We mentioned his 16th season as the Omaha manager. Nina, it's his 33rd season as a coach in the Royals system between the minor leagues, the major leagues, coach, manager. That is ridiculous. About the best person that we could have in that position. Oh my gosh, you talk to anyone and everyone just has positive things to say about Jersh at all times. He's just someone that's super easy to get along with. He's very funny. I don't know if people ever see that. I think people see Jersh like get all 
fired up sometimes, but like, Jersh is very, very funny. Was it Nick Lofton at Media Day last year that said Jersh was the biggest prankster or goofball in the clubhouse, the funniest? Yeah, and bringing back to Media Day, like I remember Samad Taylor was sitting in front of him when they were taking their um, team photo, and Jersh has wrapped his legs around Samad Taylor as he's just sitting in front of him. And like that was kind of like my first taste of Jersh. And I'm like, okay, like you, you are funny. Like you're always, like, he always is. Like he's always just in like a good mood, more or less. Like you can always approach Jersh and he'll have something funny to say to you. So this is his third stint as the Omaha manager. He managed the O Royals 1995 to 97. He was the infield coordinator for a bit. And then he was back managing Omaha 2003 through 2013. And then he joined the Kansas City Royals staff at the major league level. He was the third base coach from 2014 to 2019 and then he bounced around a little bit he was a special assistant for a year he was the bench coach in high a and double a under chris widger and then he was back as manager last year last year it was very much a surprise that he was back this year i think less so especially after last year he won his 1000th game so early in the season and i think at the time i was like okay they're trying to get him to a thousand wins and then maybe maybe he'll ride off into the sunset but I mean, you were around him a little bit. It like he has a he has a passion for this. He enjoys what he's doing, and he wasn't in any desire to to retire. No. What's interesting is he's the first manager since 21 with Pulley that has done more than one year. Polberg in 21, then it was Thorman in 22, then it was Jershley last year in 23. We didn't know. Like, okay, is it going to be someone else? Is it going to be Jersh again? But then once we found out it was Jersh, I think everyone was just super excited to have like his expertise back and just to be have another season around Jersh. And the Chicago White Sox just announced his son Justin will be back managing the AAA affiliate that the White Sox have in Charlotte, the Charlotte Knights. So again manifested early, hoping for that Charlotte-Omaha International League Championship Series come September. I say that, those were two of the three worst winning percentages last year in the International League, so it'd be great to see turnarounds for both. I would love to know, like, who does the Jersley family cheer for? Or is it just like, oh, you're happy either way? Or like, are you hoping for Justin because he's young? Or do you want it for Mike Jersley because, you know... He's older. Like, I don't know. I don't know who they cheer for. I think you'd, it depends who you ask in the Jersey family. I'll be honest. I think if you ask his wife, Sherry, she might say, oh, I'm rooting for my son, Justin. <laughs> but if you ask Justin's kids, they might say, I'm rooting for grandpa. I don't know. It could go either way. Going back, just kind of wrapping the bow on Jersey, his 1,000th win. Top moment of last year, easily? Yeah. I mean... Seeing him celebrate with his family was so sweet. Like bringing up his grandkids, like seeing him be like a grandfather and be like just so excited with his family who were here for days just waiting for it to happen because they all wanted to be here. Which I think is like a testament to him, of him as a person. Like he had a mass group of people here wanting to be here to celebrate with him when it happened. Yeah, we were waiting a few days for it to happen. And then it finally did it. Was, you're right. Really special to see his family here. I don't think he liked the attention necessarily, but he recognized why he was getting the attention that he did. You can tell you he was really grateful to hear from from his current players, obviously. Little little champagne shower in the breezeway afterwards. We got a lot of videos from former players, everyone from uh, George Brett, Christian Cologne, Justin Huber, people in between. I mean, it was, it was a wide spectrum. Mike Sweeney, Frank White. We heard from a lot of folks. Just a testament to how loved Jersh was. And then his hat and a ball from that game, plus the lineup card, ended up in the Royals Hall of Fame, which was really cool. Yeah, I mean, once I saw it all kind of like memorialized 
realized there I was like okay like this is something that's like super special and like in the moment I knew but then to see it there at Coffin Stadium I was like okay this is super cool like the Royals anyone in the organization everyone loves Jersh it's hard not to and like anyone you talk to like he is a staple I think in the Royals organization and has been for this is his 33rd year so like everyone everyone knows Jersh and it's hard not to love Jersh. So let's move on from Jersh to one of the other returners, Dane Johnson, the pitching coach. He's in his fourth year as Omaha's pitching coach. Again, a guy that comes to the organization with great experience. He had time as a longtime minor league pitching coach in the Blue Jays organization, basically every level of the minor leagues. Blue Jays, one of three major league teams that he played for. Then he actually was the minor league pitching coordinator for a little bit for the Blue Jays. He was their bullpen coach in Toronto for a few years on the major league staff. He joined the Royals in 2020. Again, someone that you talk to any pitcher in the Royals organization and they all they rave about Dane it's remarkable yeah I mean just seeing him in action is funny he's not a very vocal guy he is more reserved being around him like especially when a game's going on you'll hear him like come on Maxie like he's very supportive of his staff the guys love him I mean he was the first coach in the Royals organization that really saw Cole Reagans here because people forget you know he started in Omaha so Dane was kind of the first person who had his finger on Cole Reagans. It's remarkable to think about how many players have maybe struggled or not had great numbers. They've come to Omaha, worked with Dane, and it has just clicked. Isn't that so fun to see? I think if, you're right. Cole Reagans, James MacArthur this year it was a fantastic one. Brady Singer, Chris Bubich in the past. Zach Greinke has even said good things about Dane Johnson. Again, anyone that you talk to will, will say great things. In his three years that he's been a pitching coach with the Storm Chasers to this point, 11 pitchers have debuted from Omaha in Kansas City. Uh, just a testament to the work that he's done. One of my favorite things is to see a player kind of flip that switch after a mound meeting. I mean, how many times last year do we see a guy walk the bases loaded, Dane comes out, he gets a strikeout double play, innings over. I can think of at least twice that happened with Max Castillo alone. Yes. He he and Max, I think, had like a very special relationship because that's exactly what came to my mind too. was like, oh yeah, he would do that to Max Castillo all the time. I don't know what he says. If someone goes back in the clubhouse, most of the coaches are in Jersey's office hanging out. Dane will pop in from time to time, but he has his own little pitching, not an office, somewhere between an office and a closet. He's just locked into the computer, working on, on scouting reports, trying to help his pitchers. It is, it's, it's just remarkable that the work Dane Johnson has, has put in as the Omaha pitching coach. Not at all a surprise that he's going to be back. Now let's move on to the Storm Changers returning hitting coach. His second year as the hitting coach in Omaha, Bajan Rademacher, who was a visiting player here. He played a handful of seasons with the Iowa Cubs, spent some time as a minor league hitting coach for the Diamondbacks. Now he's here again with the Storm Chasers. Again, someone that when guys were getting up to the major leagues or somebody that went down and back up, everyone would talk to the Kansas City media about the impact that Bajan had. He's a younger guy. He's in his 30s. He's pretty freshly removed from playing. Someone that seems like a really good presence for the hitters to have. Yeah, someone who I think Bijan can like really relate to them because he, you know, was a minor league player, made it to AAA with the Cubs. It's just something like it's very relatable. I mean, he's played recently and I think just a lot of people can relate to him and you can see that in the relationships that he has with the players because you'll see them just like all huddle together like talking about like, okay, I saw this. This is what you can do in your at-bat and people just seem very comfortable and just 
like like talking to Bajan. When we were getting ready to send out this press release, I was looking through Minda's photos of Bajan, and I think there was one where we could see his face because he always has his head dug into his iPad or yes. turned to a hitter talking with them. They only built the Royals for one year, but they sent him to the Arizona Fall League as a coach in 2023 where he helped the surprise Suarez repeat as the Arizona Fall League champions. And again, I mean, Nick Lofton was just down there for a couple of days. And then C.J. Alexander replaced him. Both of them, I think, are two people that stand out raving about the work that Bajan did with them when they were in Omaha. And then again, in the Arizona Fall League, Nick Prado, another one that I think really benefited from Bajan's tutelage. And he, he does a good job, I think, of, of blending the, I shouldn't say old school and new school, but but he can take a look at the fundamentals of hitting and, and, and blend that with the, the analytical direction that the game is trending, which is always encouraging to see. Yeah, and also he wins for like name, I think, in, a good one. in baseball. It, it is a name. I don't know if I've asked you this trivia question. <laughs> Do you know what he does in the offseason in his free time when he's not coaching? Yeah, something with cameras or... He and his wife have a photography studio yeah. in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I think they uh, they do photography in Omaha as well in their free time. When we went to Iowa back in April, I was taking photos of the players stretching, getting ready for the game, and he comes over and he asks what camera I had. And I like, I told him, and he's like, can I see? I'm like, I want to see what settings you're shooting. And then he gave me some tips and suggestions of how to shoot better. He was right. He knew what he was talking about. I appreciated it. Which is, which is something I love, you know, just getting ready for a game, and he just comes over to you like, hey, what you got? Just shows how, like, a lot of these guys are multidimensional and not just, he's not just a hitting guy. I'm just the hitting coach. He actually, you know, does camera stuff and, like, takes photos with his wife in the off season. It's just a normal human. Well, let's talk about someone else who is multidimensional. <laughs> If there ever was a word to describe him. Last year's bench coach, this year he's Bajan's assistant hitting coach, David Novarita, your friend and mine. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin with Dave. Some, I am so happy that he's... I, look, I'm, I'm thrilled that Jersh is back. I'm happy that Dane and Bajan are back. I am over the moon that Dave Novarita's back. Uh, like, the nicest human being maybe ever Possibly. in Dave. Like, he... As someone that was like been up to us, like, hey, listen to the podcast. It was good. Great job on the podcast. And we're like, oh, thanks, Dave. Like, he couldn't be a nicer human. I, I want to take a quick pause. If you're listening right now, you come across <laughs> myself or Nina in the wild, please let us know you listen to the podcast. Ideally that you appreciate it, but but let us know that you're listeners of the of the Stormcast. Uh, Nick Leto, the Royals Director of Minor League Operations, another one who I know listens uh, to the Stormcast. Tony Medina, Yannick Plant, who... Not our strength coach this year, unfortunately. Uh, it's been great to have Yannick around the last few years. I hope he stays as an avid listener of the uh, of the Stormcast. He's told me some of his favorite episodes are the ones where you and I are just bantering. So, Yannick, I <laughs> Thanks, hope you're Yannick. listening. <laughs> uh, getting back on track, Dave Novarita, again, he was a guest on the Stormcast this past year. I know you got a chance to listen to that episode. I mean, just a fascinating guy from a, a broadcast major in college. So, he he was in his element doing the, doing the Stormcast. A guy that maybe didn't have the longest playing career, got a little bit of a taste of coaching when he was a player and then that just spiraled into a job with Quad Cities and then they bumped him up to Northwest Arkansas. Uh, he would fill in for Jersh. When when Jersh was gone, he, he took his vacation, when, went down to Kansas City for a weekend and it was Dave who stepped in who was very, very concerned about winning, which I always appreciated. Oh, I absolutely love it because like Dave is someone you see always smiling. Like I don't know if Dave has ever had a bad day because he is just always, you know, smiling and like asking how we are and things like that and I think that's what just makes him such a great human being. And he's so eager to learn. Like on yes. the baseball side, he would coach third base nearly the entire season. I think Ryan Gowen's coached third a couple mm -hmm. of times, but it was mostly Dave. And 
he loved it. He he always cared so much about whether or not he made a bad send or not. And I, I'd be in the clubhouse dropping off box scores after a game, and he'd be talking with Jerry. Should I have sent this guy? Should I not have? Like, why did they do this? Why did they do that? He was hard on himself. I think his girlfriend might have been harder on him because I can think of at least twice that he came back to the clubhouse after a game, and she wanted to know why he sent someone. That it, like the two times that someone was thrown out when he sent them, his girlfriend was there wanting to know, hey, why'd you do that? I love that. But Dave is also someone who grew up around the game. His dad has worked for the Phillies organization for a while. Phillies farm director, I think. Yeah. And, you know, just someone that grew up around the game and, like, wants to continue being in the game, wants to be, you know, wants to keep winning in the game, which I always appreciate. But, like, he's so young. In the grand scheme of it, he's about the age that the players are in Omaha. I said he turned 27 this past year. He'll turn 28 during this upcoming season. Yeah, he's younger than some guys we've had in Omaha this year. But he has gained their respect just by being so knowledgeable about the game, knowing what's going on, wanting to improve. He's gained the respect from everyone in the clubhouse. That's a great point. I'm going to flash back to a conversation that Dave and I had briefly. I'm going to insert a clip here. I asked Dave, like, how do you deal with that? Being, in some cases, the average player, in a lot of cases, younger than the guys on the team. This is what he had to say. I, I knew work ethic was going to be number one, yeah. just because if, if I'm there for him at the same time every day, that's going to gain the respect. I knew if I came in trying to yell at him or anything, yeah. I knew they were going to be like, who's this guy? So, um, but no, definitely that, that first, that first time coming in, I, I spring training, a lot of people didn't even know who I was cause I didn't say anything. I was just right. always sitting back and right behind Rochi and let him do everything. So it, it was, it was good just to kind of see that and see how he works and kind of modeled it off how, how I am here today. So now we can move from one Dave to another. David Novarita will be the assistant hitting coach. Let's meet the assistant pitching coach. I did a double take, Nina, when I saw this name. David Lundquist will be the assistant pitching coach working with Dane Johnson this year. I say that I did a double take because he's been on the Phillies Major League staff the last five years. He was their assistant pitching coach 2019 and 2020, and then he was the Phillies bullpen coach the last three years, 2021 to 2023. Now he's joining Dane. This is a guy that has a long list of time as a minor league pitching coach between the Pirates organization for three years and then the Phillies organization. He was a minor league pitching coach 2008 to 2018. One of those guys that went low A, high A, double A, triple A before getting to the bump up to the major league level. I think that's another guy that just gets where these players have been. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, and he comes with a lot of experience, not only as a player, but then professionally as a coach. And I think, yeah, I think he'll bring a lot of experience and knowledge to our staff. No, you're right. Yeah, he's 50 years old. He's originally from the Massachusetts area, went to UNLV for college. And you're right, three years as a major league player, one with the White Sox, two with the Padres. He also pitched in Japan for a little bit. It's just a fascinating background. Fun fact, he spent a spring training with the Royals. He was with the Royals in spring training in 2000, but ended up getting released, played a year of indie ball, and then went back to the big leagues. The other bio note that I thought was really, really interesting, he's also spent a long time in the Dominican Winter League. I mean, from 2009, basically through, at least I can find through 2018. I mean, there's a good block of like 10 years that he spent the off seasons coaching in the Dominican Winter League. There are a lot of qualified Dominican coaches and a lot of those roles are held by Latin coaches but it's cool to see someone that kind of is a world traveler it's just it's a deep level of experience I'm excited to get to know him yeah I mean he can relate to every player he's been through every single rank you can be in whether that's in the minor leagues at every level or if it's you know in Japan we had some players that have played in Japan before so I I absolutely think he brings a lot to the table shout out friend of the podcast Brooks Krisky who <laughs> said he'd like to do another podcast 
podcast with me, but he signed a deal with the Cincinnati Reds, a minor league deal. Excited for Brooks, for sure. Excited for Brooks. Now, moving on to the last coach, uh, another one, a lot of experience, Trip Keister, longtime manager in the Nationals organization, I mentioned off the top. He was originally a Mets draft pick, spent a few years playing minor league baseball. He coached collegiately a lot, the University of South Carolina, Delaware State, Wesley College in Delaware, and then he joined the Nationals as a minor league coach. Again, a guy that went from rookie ball to low A to high A, double A. He was the double A manager for the Nationals as recently as 2022. Last year, Keister was the bench coach for the Rangers double A affiliate, the Frisco Rough Riders. It seems like a a good person to, again, round out the staff. My expectation, Ryan Goins, uh, having been the first base coach a lot last year, I I think Tripp will probably be the first base coach this year and do a lot of work with infielders, most likely. Uh, An interesting background for Tripp, again, fascinating background. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. He has a vast background in playing and in coaching that I think he will also just bring a lot of knowledge and work with our infielders every day and just be a valued asset to the team. He won the league championship in the Carolina League in 2014 with Potomac, which is where he spent a lot of his time, a lot of time in high A with the Peanuts. So again, good experience. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. Again, just looking at these six coaches as a whole, some younger guys, Dave and Bajan, rounded out with some really good experience between Jersh and Dane, Dave Lundquist, and then Trip Keister as well. It should be a good group. A big staff, but a good group. Yeah, nothing wrong with the big staff, honestly. I think they all bring their own expertise and thoughts and opinions to the staff, and I think that's all very valued and things that we could all benefit from. So let's move from the coaching staff to the support staff. Athletic trainer James Stone is back. It's his fifth season, sixth year in Omaha, if you want to count 2020. Another guy that it, it seems like he just gets along with the players so well. Again, a guest here on the Stormcast. That was a fantastic episode as well. Excited to have Stone back. He's, he's been in the Royals organization for a long time. He joined the Royals in 2010 in rookie ball. He's worked his way up to AAA. Been here for a while now. I work with him a lot from the travel side of, of my job, but no, no surprise Stone's back against someone that it seems like the players really get along with. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves Stoney. He is, I don't know the best way to describe Stoney. He's funny, maybe more dry, Yeah, if that makes sense. But like, yeah, everyone loves Stoney. I mean, he's just someone good, always having the clubhouse. And He described himself as a bulldog yeah. on the, on the <laughs> yes. podcast. Yeah, but then he's also a cheer dad, so. Which I love. yeah. Which anyone knows, it takes a lot to be a cheer dad and sit through competitions. But then he's also like someone you look at, like he is like a presence, you know, when you see Stoney, like he is a presence. When, when we had him on the Stormcast, I asked him, how have you grown the most in your time with the Royals? And, and he said, learning how to, how to work with different people because everyone responds to different types of motivation. Um, I just say, I think my temperament is a lot more milder now than what it used to be. Yeah. Um, when I first got into this game, I was, you know, <laughs> a bulldog is kind of what had been described. Um, and I learned, you know, throughout the whole process that that doesn't necessarily get things done. Although I thought in my head, like, all right, if I was bullish about this, that, you know, they would see that I was serious and it would get done, you know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's not how everybody works, you know. So it's uh, it was – learning how to manage different personalities and be kind of like on the calmer end and thinking about it in their shoes. Like I don't, you know, obviously most people don't like being yelled at. There's some that respond to it, you know, like I'm one of those ones that that's, 
that gets my attention. It's like, all right, okay, my bad. Hold on, you know. But there's some people that completely shut down in that that communication style. So like learning how to you know adjust to those types of personalities and all those different personalities. It, that's probably more my biggest area of growth has been. Uh, he has a, again a fascinating background. He's worked in arena football. He's been a strength coach before time the Orioles and Marlins organizations actually a Bay Area guy like myself which I was really excited to discover Stone good to have him back and he'll be joined by Danny Acola who was the athletic trainer in AA Northwest Arkansas for the last couple of years someone that I worked with in 2022 another guy that has been in the organization for a long time Acola originally joined the Royals in 2016 he was again in rookie ball for a year couple years in the Appalachian League then he went to low a won a league championship with Lexington Legends in 2019 high a quad cities in 2021 and then he, he's been in double a the past couple of years if you ask stone he'd be excited to have Danny Acola with him. He really appreciated having Tony Medina around so much this year. Tony was never officially an athletic trainer. He's still the Latin America medical coordinator. Was last year, is this year again. His role will be a little more, I think, in the Dominican Republic. But it it really makes a difference, especially at this level, to have two athletic trainers, somebody on the field watching watching the guys practice, working with them, somebody back in the training room helping guys get ready for the game. It provides just an extra level of coverage that I think goes a long way towards keeping these guys healthy. Yeah, and it's nice that Danny is someone the players already know. They saw him. A lot of them have moved up with him. So I think it's nice to see a familiar face also being back here. Another player that a lot of the guys that will be with Omaha this year know very well, C.J. Mickelson. He's been in AA Northwest Arkansas the past three years. He's the strength coach that I worked with for a couple of years. Was back there this past year where he was the Texas League Strength and Conditioning Coach of the Year. That's that's an award that's voted on by your peers. It's the the strength coaches in the league all coming together to, to vote for who they think is the best. A Sun Devil like myself. Forks up. Thank you. <laughs> and a Texas A&M Aggie Giggum. And then he was hired by the Royals for 2020 to work in the Pioneer League. That didn't happen. So now he'll he'll be with us in Omaha. Loved having Yannick around, but I think you guys will really like CJ. Now that guys can grow out beards, I think he has a beard. But in my time with the Naturals, he might have had the best mustache of anyone on the team. He has tough shoes to fill because Yannick's mustache was pretty iconic. Yeah, Yannick has a good mustache, but... We'll see. We'll see what uh, CJ brings to the table in terms of facial hair in 2024. Rounding things out, Mike Brown back as the clubhouse manager. I'd love to bring him on the Stormcast. He's turned me down. Mike, I'll call you out if you're listening. Really fascinating story. Like Jersh, this is his 16th season in Omaha. A guy that started assistant in the clubhouse, ran the visiting clubhouse for a while, and then when Todd Jansen went to Arizona, Mike took over as the home clubhouse manager. Again, someone that players love. So good at his job. Uh, it'll be good to have Mike back. Yeah, Mike, we also get to know Mike in the front office. He's always around. He, you know, someone we always have to talk to, like, oh, we want to wear this jersey. Is that okay? Like, Mike, like handles all of that and he does it very well and we're very blessed to have him around still a lot of specialty jerseys that we wore last year i'll peel back the curtain i think we'll wear specialty jerseys a little more this year so mike (laughs) i apologize Uh, credit where it's due the storm chasers have so many jerseys and i don't know how every clubhouse manager does it but look we have what five regular jerseys in the rotation plus theme jerseys that could be worn on every different day well mike has all the jerseys in his in his equipment room sorted on racks and each day it's just it's the one that's being worn that day hung in the locker the hat that is in their locker is the hat they're wearing that day 
It's not the uh, which of the seven hats that we have are we wearing today. And I know the guys really appreciate that. He makes everyone's life easier. Again, someone that the Royals really, really like having here in Omaha, and, and the players love him as well. He and Jersh get along with each other, so good to have Mike Brown back. And then again, two player development trainees this year. Jeremy Owens was here this past year. He has a background in, in player development and scouting with the Reds and Marlins. And then Drew Epperson, this is his third year with the Royals. He was one of our player development trainees in Northwest Arkansas in 2022. He was at high A with Quad Cities last year. And then He's getting the bump up to AAA this year. I know he's looking forward to being back with Jersh. The two of them got along really well. So, no, it's it's going to be a, a good group. Nina, again, I'm excited for the season to start. It's coming a little too quickly, but, like, I'm ready for it to be here. You know, there's a, there's a weird balance between there's stuff to do, but I'm almost at that point where I'm ready for games to come again. Yeah, we have to think. On Valentine's Day, so February 14th, pitchers and catchers report. Mm. So it, it is quickly approaching. And then we're about a month away from single game tickets going on sale. Yes. February 29th only happens once every four years. And this year it's special because that's when Storm Chaser single game tickets go on sale. Our promotional schedule is also going to come out in the next month. I'm excited for that. There's some, some fun giveaways, some fun theme nights, a lot of new stuff this year. One of the newer additions to the Storm Chasers front office, Houston, he's now overseen marketing and promotions. He's been really collaborative with putting together the promotional schedule. So I'm really excited. Oh, I wish we could reveal something right now. We can't. I know. Uh, but in, all in due time. I'm, I'm very excited. We have uh, different things happening this year that we haven't done in the past. And I really think the fans are going to love it because I'm very excited about it. And I just can't wait for everyone to know what we're doing. So after this, we have four more episodes of the Stormcast and then the season will be here. Crazy. I just made that sound way sooner yes. than I, I wish <laughs> yes. I had. Um, one of those will be with, with Houston talking talking about the promotional schedule right when that comes out. Well, I'm sure we'll talk with Jurors towards the start of the season. We have some things things in the works that I'm excited for. But Nina, I figured with the coaching staff just being announced today, it'd be a good time to introduce our fans a little bit to the folks that'll be in the dugout, in the clubhouse, helping the players. I'm, I'm very excited. We have a bunch of new guys, some old guys that, you know, will Don't call us. Jersh old. Jersh. Oh, Jersh, if you're listening, I take it back. My friend, my friend Jersh. Fellow, fellow Wisconsin. Fellow Wisconsinite, Jersh and I. Wisconsinite, okay. I was wondering what the Yeah, I think that's what we go by. I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty sure it's Wisconsinite, Jersh and I. Some returning guys, some guys that are new to the organization, or some guys that are new to Omaha. I am excited to see what 2024 holds for the Omaha Storm Chasers. For more information about the Storm Chasers coaching staff, you can head to omahastormchasers.com. I wrote an article introducing you to all of the the new and returning coaches. Probably too many words, but it's a very in-depth getting to know the the coaching staff this year. And again, we'll we'll continue to help you get to know them as the season goes on. But Nina, I think we're going to tie a bow on this episode. Thanks again for joining me. It's been a good chat. Thanks for having me, Nick. For our social media manager, Nina Sabatka, I'm Nick Batters, and this has been the Stormcast, Episode 76. It's the official podcast of the Omaha Storm Chasers, and as always, presented by the Sarpy County Chamber of Commerce. We'll see you next time. Everyone get on your feet, stir up the storm.